Welcome, you're listening to the Leading Hope Podcast. My name is VJ Williams, here with my friend and pastor, Kevin Jack. Thank you for joining us, taking time out of your day to become a better leader. If you're new, we release a new episode every Wednesday. We'd love for you to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Also share this with a friend on Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram. And uh, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Take a couple seconds just to review that real quick. Uh, Give us a five-star rating, please, if it's something that you feel like it's helping you move forward. It's helping me anyway. (laughs) A few extra minutes will uh, help get this podcast in the hands. So many more leaders like you. Visit leadinghope.online, get updates, and find out more about the Leading Hope community. Kevin, we are in episode 182. 182. You have titled this. This is a title from you, like they all are. (laughs) Treat culture like a chef. Like a chef. Like a chef. Yep. Sounds like a song. Like a chef. (laughs) <laughs> like a chef. I'm not going to. I'm going to treat culture. Like I'm not going to attempt to uh, jump into that. You should, but what do you got, man? <laughs> so here's kind of overview of what I want to jump into today. And that is the idea that the sense of grasping culture can be so overwhelming that a lot of people don't know where to begin. Uh, but people who are experts at it, masters, are able to simplify what is naturally complex And so today I want you to learn the skill of mastering culture, mastering, creating, and cultivating culture through the idea of think through it like a chef. So first, just a little primer on culture. So culture is the shared values, behaviors, the feel of an organization. It is the thing that you walk in and you go, it feels like this, or it is the things that people do by default. You get into a group and everyone just operates the same way. That's culture. Culture determines how people behave when there aren't other directions or directives that are taking place. And so the things that influence culture is actually, this is where it gets really complicated to go. So so what impacts those shared values, assumptions, behaviors, what people do by default? And the answer is everything. <laughs> like everything impacts culture. Uh, most significantly, the behaviors of the leaders what is rewarded, what is disciplined, the policies and procedures, the key behaviors that are set in place. Like those are some of the main things. It goes, it goes further than that. It's how people interact, policies, bonuses, reprimands, language, key phrases, design of space, what's written down, what can only be learned by being part of the group. Like all of these different Whoa. things impact culture. And so what can happen is the idea of how do I cultivate, how do I create culture can be overwhelming to go, how do I get this to feel? How do I get this to operate in the way that I want it to? And so I would say it is like the, the first most obvious step is to define your values because the definition of your values becomes the bullseye for the kind of culture you want to create. I want us to be a kind of people that hold these as the most important things. And don't put, don't put excellence unless if you actually care about excellence. Could I just acknowledge that? Sorry, that's just a fun addendum. <laughs> because so many people in their culture, they're like, what's our values? Excellence. Value excellence. It's like, you just, you just threw that together at the last minute and you don't care who's doing it. You don't value excellence. Just Well, the interesting part of that is they'll throw excellence in there and then they won't define it. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. So nobody knows what it actually just is. So no, I don't value excellence. I just want to, say, I'm saying that not a, from like a superior standpoint. It's not, I value development far more than excellence, but that's oh, another that's good. piece. 
Yeah. Development towards excellence. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want to help because uh, what happens is is that idea of creating and cultivating culture can be so overwhelming. And I was reading, I stumbled across this really ridiculous article. Okay. Okay. On Master Chefs, like Michelin star rated. <laughs> oh. That's, yeah. Oh, that's good. Like, like, yeah. Top notch. Yeah. New and York just, City has more in it than any other place in the world. Did you know that? VJ just went to New York City, so I did. <laughs> I didn't need any of those places. <laughs> I didn't have seven hundred dollars for my spoon. And they, and in the article that I was reading, it was talking about how master chefs operate, and it was saying the distinction between like a Michelin star rated chef and someone who's just a tier below that. Okay. So we're not dealing with like amateurs and oh, novices. But they're here. oh I know. I was yeah. fascinated yes, as I'm getting please to, talk they're saying more. that who are the people who are like the top one percent compared to the top ten percent? What differentiates three percent from one percent? So we're still upper. talking about chefs. Yes. Okay. Still talking about chefs. Okay. And they just made this simple statement. They said, by and large, it's not technique or anything else. Master chefs have found the ability to use less ingredients. How about that? And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, of course. And it was like my initial response. I was right. like, huh? How do you get to taste better? Take less, more out. Less ingredients. Yeah. And it, it kept going, and it gave the idea that in more complicated dishes, what happens is is that the taste isn't pure. When people When people bite into it or... Stick a fork in it. I feel like that's a different <laughs> phrase. But I didn't, know, I didn't know what to say uh, in that moment. Yep. Gonna do it. As people take the bite, what happens is, is they can't clarify what they're tasting because there's too many ingredients at play. Yeah. And so they said the goal, ready? This was in the article. The goal is, the, is in the avoidance of all unnecessary complications. That's great. I love it. And that just like that's amazing. fascinating. And it makes complete sense. But like from... From a non cooker, <laughs> non cooker, butchered phrases, yeah, non chef. <laughs> From a non chef standpoint, I would not have expected that, right? I would have expected that the people who are at the very top they know how to deal in the complications, they know how to like master all these things that no one's ever heard of, and right. they're going, No, there's mastery that's built in, but at the top level. It's actually simplification. Yeah. It's actually someone who can take something complex and boil it down to its most, boil it down. I'm sorry. Man, we need to stop this. Crushing it right now. To its most simple essence. And that's what makes them the best of the best. That's really interesting. I thought originally when this is really stupid, but I was like, you you were like, hey, this is the thing that separates the 1% from the 10% that's close. It's like, these chefs talk to the food. Oh, like, the, the like, you're going to tell me something crazy like Treat that. Treat culture like a chef. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> the interesting thing there is... <laughs> Anything uh, I do at I this point say, in time I did, gets creepy. I did just get back from New York City, but just going back to the culture, the complexity of culture, like you said, was... Like when you step foot into Chinatown, into Little Italy, just just because people really have this hard concept of what is culture. Like people are like they use oh, it as a buzzword, yeah, 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 yeah. but just to reel that back real quick, it's like the feel, the shared behaviors, the values, the customs. You could walk into one and know that is different from this one, and they're on the, yep. they're on uh, like streets. They they butt up to each other, and you know when you're in one and not the other. And that's for me. That's the and simplest, it's everything. It's the simplest. It's everything. It's the simplest way to explain culture. It's like you step in this environment, you pick up your foot and go across the street, and now you're in a totally yeah. different culture. 
like immediately. And you say, what's the difference? Everything. Yeah. And that's really good. That's just a way to describe it. So I was having a conversation. Let me uh, apply it to the leadership scope is uh, I was having a conversation with a staff member who'd been here for a while and they were talking through different stuff and they were saying uh, something came up on, oh, you were about to go to San Diego. Oh. And they responded and they said, oh, we took a staff trip to San Diego. Oh, yeah. And they're going through it. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, shoot, I want to go to San Diego. Yeah. Like, I want a paid trip. That sounds awesome. Sound Why are awesome. we taking a paid trip to go to San Diego and going through all these other? And then I was thinking through, like, all the things we're doing for team unity and development yeah. and conflict and health and all these other pieces. And I'm just rolling through it. And at times, because uh, I deliberately expose myself to what other organizations are doing to help pick up on best practices, right? just new ideas, stuff right. I'm not thinking of. And at times I can, I can fall into this trap where I need to think that I need to implement what everyone else is doing. Mm. And I get more focused on the ingredients than the dish. No, that's good. I get more focused on, oh yeah, we should do that. And this is a good thing. Well, we should do that. Analogy. And just to say it as my goal is never, my goal must be to never use a certain ingredient my goal must be to make a great dish. That's good. And so to say like, hey, whether I use the thing or not isn't the point. And in fact, the the more simple I can make a healthy, great culture, the better off we are. And if I keep throwing a thousand different things in, the tendency is going to be I'm going to overcomplicate it and it's not going to be what I actually wanted it to be. Yeah. Or it won't be reproducible. Exactly. Especially if you want other lead build develop leaders like you said earlier. Yeah. Uh I forgot what I was gonna say now. Oh, did you have something else that you <laughs> No, I I would say uh for everyone my, my hope would be this is just say like my guess is is that you can often fall in the spot that I'm in and you just got a list of oh, they do this, I wanna do that, they do this, I wanna do it. we should pick up this different thing. This sounds cool. Let's go into that and just say it as like I, I believe really the difference between amateurs in leadership and experts in leadership is not concept and isn't knowledge. It's actually your ability to make things simple and to be able to say, we do these things well for these reasons in order to accomplish this outcome. And my hope is, is that maybe this could free you from the feeling that you've got to do what everyone else is doing. And they started this cool thing and now we have to do that and just say, Always be more focused on the dish than the ingredient and understand that you can overcomplicate the ingredients and even adding in good things could actually make a worse dish overall. Do you think, um, do you think that there uh, in the church context that the church tries to add, this is capital C church, Yep. tries yep. to add too much to the menu? Oh my word! Yes. <laughs> and how can I say that more adamantly? <laughs> what do you What do you think that what would what What specifically do you see that the church is trying to do that that actually complicates it? Not actually is creating a great dish. There are. Let me say it more. There are a thousand different ways to do discipleship. Yeah, because discipleship is the formation of who you are as a person. But if we could say like accountability groups fellowship groups, mentoring groups, one-on-one -on -one discipleship, elective-based, education-based, uh, experiential discipleship. <laughs> like, we could just keep going. Yeah. So, like, I'm going through, like, 
we go there like common interest, common age, one-on-one, real rock hard solid. We're going to ask people the hard questions, take them on trips all over the place. And I think the tendency is instead of actually learning how to do one that fits your culture and fits your people and really grows people, we feel the need to just keep throwing out different stuff because someone else somewhere is doing it. I got you. I just, I have this hunch that at the core of all these different things that churches do, there's one church at one point in time that did only that and did it really well. And everyone just copied. Yeah. (laughs) Like there were just like a couple churches that were really simple yeah. in their program and strategy. Yeah. And everyone else tried to add in yeah. what they were all doing. Let me take that and make it better. And it Which, doesn't work. Yeah, that's good. What are, uh, let's just, uh, let's, let's ask this question. What are some questions that, that you could ask yeah, let's people go. Uh, to become a, uh, to treat culture like a chef? So what I'm going to say, I'm going to take the chef metaphor too far. Okay. Okay. This is where your eyes roll and you're like, uh, yeah. well, as if I didn't already with, it boils down to this. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as if I already didn't take it too far. Uh, I want to give you a three application questions today that hopefully just make it really simple. And I want to keep that category in your head of actually cooking and treating culture like a chef. Cause I think it may be helpful for this process. Okay. Yeah. So in your leadership, here are your three questions. Question number one, what dish are you making? <laughs> what, what is the outcome in terms of culture that you are after? What are you trying to produce? I want to reframe your brain in terms of the dish instead of focusing on the ingredients. So question number one, what dish are you making? Question number two, what ingredients will you use? What are the things you're going to put in that will lead towards this outcome? And then number three, what ingredients do you need to remove? (laughs) What are the things that are in there that are detracting from the taste that you're trying to accomplish? And I think these could be policies. I think this could be events. I think the reality is if you're looking at this broad enough, this could even be people. They say when you get thrown in there, it tastes bitter. (laughs) And that's not what we're... (laughs) And that's not what we're going after in any way. But we need to remove this from the equation in order for it to be and feel and taste and operate how we want it to operate. For all those who are still listening because we ran this metaphor so long. <laughs> so far. Um, and we're so glad that you're still here. I do all, all uh, bonus content for anyone still uh, listening right now. Ready? Go. For uh, Pastor Kevin Jack, <laughs> what dish are you making currently? Like the leadership question or you're like. No, the, the leadership. The I don't care question. about the actual chef because if you are making it, I'm probably not eating it. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. He's right. I'm making it. You're eating yeah. it. I'm creating a culture in which people feel recognized for who they are and their ability and the freedom to take responsibility in pursuit of their own calling. Oh, wow. I am not creating a culture that holds people's hands and keeps the training wheels on for too long. I want people ready to run as soon as they're possibly able. That's fantastic. Man, that's great. Um, All right. Well, that's it for 182, Treat Culture Like a Chef. Thank you for joining us today, Uh, taking time out of your day to become a better leader. If you're new to the podcast or haven't yet subscribed to Mean the World to us, if you did that now, so post about it, rate and review or both. You won't believe how that helps get this podcast in the hands of more leaders like you. We love hearing your stories of how the podcast is working in your life and business. If you have a story, visit leadinghope.online. DM us, send that to us, however you like. We love hearing from you. Remember, everyone has 20 minutes to 
to learn to become a better leader. Make it count. Woo! Thank you.